I'm Caleb Brown, host of the Cato Daily Podcast. It is December, and I am once again here to ask you to support this podcast and the broad mission of the Cato Institute by becoming a podcast sponsor. If you support Cato to the tune of $1,000 or more, I'll gladly give you a shout out on the podcast. The only way to do it is to visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor to make your donation. Cato accepts no government money. We depend on the generosity of our sponsors to help us advance the values of individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace. Visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor and support the Cato Daily Podcast and the Cato Institute. This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, December 13th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. When a federal regulator tells you that your stock might not be welcome as a component of pension funds, that is, unless you start abiding by the preferences of regulators in documenting your plans to fight on behalf of certain environmental and social goals. How might that change your behavior? How might that alter the incentives of your management? Cato's Jennifer Schulp offers her take. Along what dimensions do financial regulators regulate pension funds uh, or other like investment or retirement vehicles? Sure. The the primary method by which I would say the Department of Labor regulates pension funds is according to ERISA, which is the Employee Retirement Security Act, which is the general pension retirement statute um, that tells pension plans, 401k plan sponsors, et cetera, how they are supposed to make investment choices for the beneficiaries of those plans. Okay. So uh, they have a clear, maybe less than clear, totally, uh, in some cases, mandate to regulate within this area. So what is ESG? ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance, and it generally refers to investing strategies or elements of investing strategies that take into account the consideration of environmental and social factors in deciding how assets should be invested. I would say the details of that can get a little complicated because ESG means different things to different people, but that's that's the basics. So this might sound something similar to what people called socially responsible investing in the 90s and the 2000s. That is, you don't want to own shares of oil companies or tobacco companies or that sort of thing. But it sounds like, uh, based on the acronym at least, uh, this is a little broader than that. It is. And it has elements of that. Um, Socially responsible investing and what we're kind of referred to as corporate social responsibility when we were thinking about this in the 90s and 2000s is what we would think of as impact investing. Um, You're trying to make a change with the money that you're investing. ESG is kind of a broader term that can also incorporate the recognition that E and S might be risk factors and that you need to take into account these E and S factors in order to properly evaluate an investment, regardless of whether you're trying to make a change or not. That's where I said it it can get a little complicated when we're talking about the terms because people think about them in different ways. To what extent do uh, some lawmakers want to uh, compel these regulatory agencies to regulate along those dimensions of 
you know, environmental quality, governance, uh, social responsibility? Well, I think there's a lot of uh, differentiation in the lawmaker space right now. Um, but it is certainly the case that the Biden administration has an interest in opening up more opportunities for ESG investing and is interested in moving funds towards ESG purposes. The reason for that, it depends on which part of the Biden administration you ask and which day you're getting an answer. Um, for some, they say that it's because you can't properly evaluate an investment without understanding some of these ESG factors. For others, it's the socially responsible concept of we need to be able to move money towards socially responsible uh, projects. And the way to do that is through ESG investing. How does this change individual companies? I mean, if, if they are suddenly, you know, pension funds uh, and other retirement plans account for potentially a huge share of uh, the holdings of various companies, are they concerned about this, or are they just happy to be uh, relatively undervalued for other investors? You know, it depends on the company, um, and it depends on the investor. So there are certainly companies that are interested in attracting ESG investors um, because it's consistent with their company's mission. Um, I like to throw out an example for that. It's a company like Allbirds, um, which just recently went public. Their mission is to create environmentally sustainable shoes. Um, they're not at all going to be upset about pension funds looking to invest in environmentally sustainable companies. Um, on the other hand, uh, companies that are seen as less environmentally friendly by some, like oil and gas companies, um, say certain other manufacturing companies, are not going to be pleased about um, you know some big investors looking to say green or sustainableize their portfolios. But again, it's it's a complicated question depending on individual companies. I think what an important question here is, is the pension funds or 401k plan administrators um, are able, when we're looking at ESG investing, to have a lot more leeway in investment decisions than they would be if they were just considering kind of core financial factors about what is and is not a good investment. But the generalized issue here appears to be that some people within the Biden administration in the Labor Department or, or elsewhere want to achieve a sort of compliance that uh, from companies in, in uh, available to to buy and sell in ways that they're not currently getting with federal laws that prohibit them from doing X or Y. Yeah, that's true. Um, but that's a broader question. Um, about regulating company disclosures um, and a, a bigger question than talking about um, the pension fiduciary question. Like, it's a related question, um, but kind of a, a broader take on kind of the wholesale Biden administration tactic in this space. Um, the wholesale Biden administration tactic in this space is both moving money 
um, through changing how pensions can invest and requiring companies to disclose information in order to both kind of nudge those companies to change their practices, but also to make, um, you know, large institutional investors like uh, BlackRock or others who have created for themselves sustainability goals. Um, these disclosures, in theory, will help them move their money towards the companies that they find to be sustainable. Um, in the Biden administration's terms, it's talking about greening finance. But it, it seems that the message here is is clearly if you're not willing to do these engage in these kinds of disclosures, which seems pretty clearly like step one uh, to me, if you're not willing to play ball. Uh, in the way that we want you to, you may not have access to uh, having v- massive funds purchase your shares. Yes, but I will say that we don't know what the ball is at the moment because okay, because the SEC, for example, has not yet required any sort of disclosures from companies. And I think it's wrong to suggest that companies right now are not responding to certain market demands for that information. Um, in fact, more than 90% of the S&P 500 companies voluntarily provide sustainability disclosures and others because their investors and and other stakeholders have asked for those. So I think it's we have to be careful when we talk about some of these things because there's an appropriate market response going on um, to investors or other stakeholders, you know, customers, um, employees that companies want to please. Um, versus the difference between the SEC requiring disclosures um, that every company must make in order to remain compliant with the law, which the SEC has not yet done. Well, tell me what's what's wrong about my uh, uh, uneducated pr- prediction about what is likely to go to to happen. These various companies are trying to respond to a market demand. There is achieved some critical mass of companies that are providing uh, some particular level of disclosure about their various environmental and other goals. Uh, And then it becomes much easier for uh, the the Department of Labor and others to say, well, now we we just want everybody to do this. And the companies that haven't done this, that that are uh, in disfavored industries, suddenly find themselves in uh, a more difficult spot. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's true. But I think that um, it's a more complicated question in defining what is disfavored. Um, Some theorize that these types of mandatory disclosures will actually um, help certain companies that are in um, in quote-unquote disfavored industries. Highly profitable and yet disfavored exactly. nonetheless. Um, because they will open up opportunities for um, certain investors. Um, there's also talk about some of those companies just moving towards private markets, which have their um, advantages as well. Um, so it's it's not that the SEC requiring disclosure is going to Im- immediately put out of business 
companies that the Biden administration might not be interested in um, supporting. Um, it's much more gradual than that. Um, what does happen with these types of disclosures or the focus on ESG investing is it tends to give companies management a lot more leeway in responding to um, managing the company. And it puts them further away from direct control by shareholders who previously were much more easily able to see, oh, profits are up. Management must be doing a good job. Um, here, when management can point to a lot of different factors about what a quote-unquote good job might be, it's far more likely that shareholders are going to lose out in the end because they can no longer hold management responsible in the same way. So management would uh, at some point become relatively more responsive to government mandates rather than the interests of shareholders. Uh, government mandates, um, other stakeholders, um, you know, environmental activists, uh, you know, the the company or the the employees um, who are not themselves shareholders, um, all of whom a company that's operating well should be taking into account in the first place um, because managing your stakeholders is generally part of managing your profit, um, particularly long-term value. But um, in the ESG context, management then can hide much more easily behind the demands of these other stakeholders in order to run the company according to their personal whims rather than maximizing um, value for shareholders. You know, forgive me, I'm extremely naive on subjects of uh, regulation, but it seems to me that if you are a company that is acting within the law and you are uh, providing the requisite information to help uh, shareholders and potential shareholders to make better decisions in terms of valuing your assets and uh, providing information about the, the management of the company and that sort of thing, that should be sufficient. And yet uh, we have uh, federal agencies who feel like more needs to be done. Well, there's kind of a sea change as to what's happening here. And I think it's, it's a sea change in the wrong direction. But the Biden administration, um, as well as progressive activists over a number of years, have been moving towards the idea that profit is not what counts here and that companies should be looking out for more than just their shareholders, um, that a company needs to be part of the broader societal consideration. Um, and in fact, it, it's a it's a concept that that Europe has embraced. It's what kind of referred to as double materiality, where a, a company needs to take into account not just its shareholders in making decisions, but it needs to take into account its own impact on society in making decisions. Um, that's not the way that the United States has viewed um, shareholders and companies in the past, and I think that's for the best. Um, shareholder profit maximization allows shareholders to make decisions about the money that they've earned and put it back into society in ways that they see fit rather than kind of your amorphous company 
making those decisions, which turns out to be your company's management. Um, so you're giving too much power to individual company managers by doing that. Um, but there's there's been, I think it's said, as a sea change in the way that those in the current administration think about the role of companies. Um, and it's not a change that's going to be to the benefit in the U.S. So to the extent that, uh, let us say, so disfavored company X suddenly finds itself uh, on the uh, finger-wagging end of the Biden administration. And uh, for for people who are just want their retirement investments to be secure, to get quality returns that represent the the return of the broad market, uh, where are where are they going to be left? Well, I think they're going to be left in a difficult position, and that's specifically because of the new rule that's been proposed by the Department of Labor. Um, the rule hasn't gone into effect yet, but I will expect it to go into effect at some point in time in the next year with probably very little changes from the proposed rule. But that rule allows pension or 401k fiduciaries to take into account and actually recommends that it should take into account ESG factors in picking investments or investment options for the fund. And what that does is changes the calculus for a fiduciary. It gives them a lot more freedom to make choices um, that might be consistent with their personal views rather than a plain risk-return calculus on what uh, should be available in a plan. And that can have long-term effects on the ability of individuals to save for retirement. Um, ESG funds tend to be higher priced. Um, and although they've generally performed well at this point, it's not clear that that's going to be the case going into the future, um, particularly when we look at a lot of ESG funds tend to be very tech heavy. Um, they get their ESG credentials by relying heavily on uh, the tech sector, which has performed well over the past, say, decade. Um, what's very concerning to me about that Department of Labor rule is that it puts a lot of unsuspecting average retirement savers in jeopardy by permitting the a plan fiduciary, a 401k plan fiduciary, to turn the default investment in a plan into an ESG investment. And in your 401k plan, a lot of people just stay in the default investment. Um, your employer sets up a 401k for you and puts your money in a in an investment from the get-go. Um, a lot of people don't go back and make a decision about what they truly want to be in. And this new Department of Labor proposed regulation would allow that default investment to be an ESG investment, which push a lot of money in ESG investments, but I think has the potential to hurt a lot of average retirement savers. Jennifer Shulp directs financial regulation studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast pretty much anywhere and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.